1 John. The author of 1st through 3rd John does not identify himself in the epistles. Instead, in 1st John, the author jumps into his letter and in the latter two epistles, he begins the letter by addressing himself as the elder. Nevertheless, early historians affirm that Apostle John is the author of the three epistles and there is internal evidence that provides clues about the authorship of the Joannine epistles. For example, in 1 John 1, 1 through 3, the author claims to be an eyewitness of Jesus and writes as an elderly person, which aligns with the early church tradition regarding John's age when he wrote the epistles. Pinpointing the date of John's epistles has been traditionally very challenging, but scholars identify any time between 85 to 95 AD as the most likely date of his authorship. He likely addressed his letter to the church in general. He aimed to ensure the letter was circulated among churches in different regions. For this reason, it is called a general epistle. Also, because his name is John, it's also known as Joannine or Johannine epistle. First John is written in Greek. Here's the historical cultural context. The letter's contents reveal the author's purpose for writing it. The author aimed to encourage believers to live in fellowship with God and walk in the light. In addition, some of their peers had abandoned faith in Christ and traveled to various house churches teaching false doctrines concerning fellowship with God, sin, and the person of Jesus Christ. That is why the author exhorted them to persevere in their faith and live in fellowship with God as evidenced by keeping his commands and loving their brothers and sisters in Christ. The literary structure of 1 John is difficult to, to define, but one key phrase offers insight into how to read and interpret the letter. This is the message. After introducing the concept of fellowship with God, the author makes his first point about how to live in fellowship with God. This is the message we have heard from him and declare to you, he writes. God is light. In him there is no darkness at all. He then explains the implications of God's light and how a person governs themselves when they walk in the light in true fellowship with God. In those passages, the author demonstrates the stark difference between walking in the light and walking in darkness. People in darkness deny their sinful nature, disobey God's commands while claiming to know him intimately, hate their brothers and sisters in Christ, love the world, and are consumed by its apparent benefits, and deny Jesus is the Christ. Believers that live in fellowship with God manifest the opposite belief and behaviors. In the next section, the author explains the implications of God's love and how the love of God manifests through people who are in true fellowship with him. He writes, for this is the message you have heard from the beginning. We should love one another. Because of the great love that God has lavished on them, John exhorts the believers to love each other as Christ loved them. God is the source, sustainer, and ultimate demonstration of sacrificial love who modeled for us how to love and empowers us with his spirit to love others. In the last chapter, John reiterates the incarnate nature of Christ and reminds the readers that everyone who believes that Jesus is the Christ is born of God and everyone who loves the Father loves his child as well. Because of their belief in Christ and their love for God, they will walk in obedience to God's commands knowing that their faith that Jesus is God gives them overcoming power. Finally, the author encourages the believers with the following facts. Those who persevere in the faith have eternal life in Christ. Believers can rest assured that everything they have learned from John and other apostles is true. Jesus is the Christ, the true God, and in him they have eternal life. Having said that, he ends the letter by warning the believers to keep themselves from idols. 
Regarding John's final point, Hilary of Arles writes the following. The letter ends as it began with an admonition to worship the one true God alone. Everything else that John says is contained in this one golden rule. Second John, the circumstances that inspired John to write his first epistle also prompted him to write his second letter. Thus, like the first letter, the date of authorship likely falls between AD 85 to 95. John addressed his letter to the lady chosen by God and to her children, which scholars believe is a personification of the church. Here's the context. In his first letter, John exhorted believers to live in fellowship with God and walk in the light. Additionally, because some people had abandoned their faith in Christ and traveled to various house churches teaching false doctrine, John exhorted them to persevere in their faith and live in fellowship with God as evidenced by keeping his commands and loving their brothers and sisters in Christ. The conditions that compelled John to write his first letter had not changed, namely the continuous spread of false doctrine at different house churches. John implored the leaders at each house church to avoid welcoming them into the congregation to prevent the spread of the Antichrist doctrine. He suggests that ensuring the spread of truth rather than false doctrines is an act of love, the very kind of love that he admonished all believers to demonstrate for each other in his first letter. And then comes the third letter of John. The circumstances that inspired John to write his first and second epistles seem to be the ones that prompted him to write his third letter. Thus, Again, the date of authorship likely falls between 80, 85 to 95. John addressed his personal letter to a man named Gaius. The conditions that compelled John to write his first and second epistles had not changed, namely, again, the continuous spread of false doctrines at different house churches. John implored Gaius to avoid welcoming false teachers into the church to prevent the spread of antichrist doctrine. He also instructed Gaius and others to welcome Demetrius, a man who was well spoken of by everyone and even by the truth itself. Demetrius contrasted Diotrephes, a man who loved to be first and was prone to rejecting anyone who put him at risk of not being first. John's example of the contrast between Demetrius and Diotrephes appeals to his first letter wherein he describes the differences between people who walk in light and love and true fellowship with God and those who do not. In his first letter, John demonstrated that people who walk in darkness deny that they have a sinful nature, disobey God's commands while claiming to know him intimately, hate their brothers and sisters in Christ, love the world, and are consumed by its apparent benefits, and they deny Jesus is the Christ. Believers that live in fellowship with God manifest the opposite beliefs and behaviors. Now, there is no evidence that Diotrephes is not a believer as evidenced by denying Jesus as the Christ, yet he seems to exhibit qualities that are more fitting for a person who walks in the darkness. Because of his jealousy, Diotrephes prevents people from coming to spread the truth, thus blatantly disregarding the exhortations John includes in his first and second letters. By preventing the spread of truth, Diotrephes does not walk in love. On the other hand, Demetrius, who aims to spread the truth, does walk in love, which is the kind of love God wants all believers to walk in. So if you want to know what walking in love looks like for you and for all believers, then I encourage you to read John's letters, 1st, 2nd, and 3rd John.